Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Because I think the Assault on Precinct 13 episode was 35 episodes ago or something like that. And I only do two a month. Unless shit gets real crazy. Yeah. Or in in 2020 adjusted terms in pandemic adjusted however you want to uh, (laughs) uh, calibrate calibrate that thermometer. Yeah. It's been a weird fucking year so far, that's for sure. And we definitely have not recorded together since everything started going down over here. Uh, Like, we started recording, the last time we recorded, I believe people had, well, (laughs) uh, people in power had been given reports about things happening in other parts of the world. Which were promptly ignored. Yes. (laughs) It's the we, we could get into that one if we like, uh, you know the the global conspiracy to hurt Trump. Everyone is oh, ruining yeah. their economies <laughs> and killing people uh-huh. to hurt Trump to make him look bad. Nobody likes me, and it's all because of COVID. The China virus. I call it the. Ch- A lot of people call it the China virus. <laughs> God, I hate him so fucking much. They didn't Ugh. tell us. They lied. They hid the information. And they stopped me from doing shit from March until now. Uh-huh. I don't know who they is. I guess he's, I mean, he's always blaming us on the, the Democrats and the liberals. So somehow this is their fucking fault. It's the hardcore leftist Joe Biden. yep it was him that criminal mastermind he crashed the fucking economy and fucking killed fucking over a hundred thousand people god damn it yep this is a perfect time to record this show because i just feel like i've like all summer long just had all this pent-up aggression that needs to fucking get out let your anger flow through you we could get i mean we could just get right into it if you like all i've got to do is the opening incantation. And, right. Let me uh, let me get this fucking asshole cat doing what he needs to do, and then we can start fucking... Some baseball team dude was, like, caught on camera fucking Sig Heiling a day or two ago. I can't remember which yes, team it was. It was a coach from the Oakland A's. I was just thinking about that earlier today. I just saw the picture because he made he t- his apology. Yeah, he, t- he tried to write it off like I, I didn't realize what I was doing. Yeah, fucking right. That's why he did it twice and laughed about it. You fucking dummy. Any anybody else would be mortified. I mean, no, anybody else wouldn't do it. But like, if you did and realized what you're doing, you'd be fucking mortified and want to die right there. The last person I could think of that was so nonchalant about it was like when Laura Ingram did it at the 2016 Republican National Convention. Uh. She was pointing she says right with all all five fingers yep all five fingers 
You see Kyle? He's about this high. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it's fucking King Buzzo. Apparently, he's a fucking weirdo right winger. Well, he he claims to be a liberal centrist, I guess, but <laughs> he's a fucking sounds like a fucking turd if he's buds with the Proud Boys. Fucking turd. Oh, a liberal centrist. That's like extra medium. Just yeah. doesn't really exist except for in a Friday movie. Or sorry, like a libertarian kind of fucking centrist kind of deal. It was, it was his whole spiel. That's the problem. Is I don't I don't want to listen to this guy's fucking podcast to hear what he says. But um, I don't know. It's, it's it's disappointing for sure. Yeah. If I mean, if you're gonna think about changing how you feel about an artist or something like that, it's cool to do that due diligence. Um, well, you know what? Fuck it. Welcome to another psychosemantic podcast. I am Darren. This time with me is returning voice that you've heard before, Mr. Mark of Fancy Photography. Yep. The doing doing the nasty podcast recently. And doing the nasty. You have heard him on such wonderful gems here as the assaults on Precinct 13 or the assault on Precincts 13, whatever the plural is for those two movies. Precinct 26. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> and uh, the Purge movies, which we have run out of Purge movies, and the new Purge movie is delayed like half the movies. Uh, but we are here. We'll eventually be talking about The Crazies from 1973 and 2010. But we were talking about the dude from the Melvins. Yep, King Buzzo, who did a interview with the uh apparently this is like last year so this is probably old news but he did a fucking interview with um that was his name garth mckinnis or something uh, he was a comic oh, book artist uh, gavin i think it's gavin, gavin mckinnis yeah fucking leader of the proud boys who apparently has his own podcast i'm curious now to look up like maybe he'll jump on itunes and be like hmm, who the fuck is he? i don't even i doubt he's on fucking itunes if they gave alex jones the boot for sure they got rid of the proud boys guy I would think. Either way, my name's going on a fucking list somewhere, probably, for even looking into these things. I just want to know what King Buzzo said on his podcast, because it doesn't sound good. He sounds like a fucking right-wing chud and talked about how much he hates, like, uh, racial equality in films was one thing that they had listed. So I assume they're talking about, like, uh, I don't know. If this came out last year, this was probably, well, I guess it was a little bit after, like, Black Panther came out, but... Uh, ra- racial equality and like representation has been uh, kind of a big deal the last couple of years. And I don't know, he's, he's, he's turning into a grumpy old man about all this and saying all this shit that you'd be like, go take your fucking meds, grandpa. You're talking like a crazy right wing racist asshole. But I'm worried that's just maybe how he's always been like the same, the same Twitter post that I saw about this had an old picture of the Melvins all fucking three of them sigiling and i'm just like oh no and there there's like they've released limited edition lps that have like swastika imagery and shit on it i think they're doing you know like somebody's gonna defend them by saying that they're they're doing it to shock people and i'm like okay well i'm shocked but like i have no respect for like this is uh this is low-hanging fruit and really not a fucking good look especially in 2020 to be all down with the fucking proud boys and nazi imagery and all this fucking shit like i'm just um, i'm not cool with that and it's gonna break my heart but like yeah might have to not be listening to the melvins anymore just 
frustrating, but eh. I guess if I didn't know all these things until now, I'm really not that big a fan of the Melvins, but I, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like I didn't know anything about this a little while ago. And now that I do, it kind of ruins it a little bit for me. <laughs> uh, one of the quotes I had seen was, I hate liberals and conservatives, but the leftists are the true fascists. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a, a that was a quote pulled from that, and something about like uh, liberal lesbians ruin or no liberal lesbians from college are now like in public office or something. Which is just like, come on, dude! Like that's like you're a big part of your fan base is fucking college rock shit. Like that's you guys like got your start like right around the grunge era. And you were, like, way different from that. So, like, even then, they were kind of, like, the weirdo fucking... There's not much that sounds like the Melvins kind of band. And, yeah, it's disappointing. Like, people turn into fucking... Bunch of old grandpas. And I know he he made, he had a collaboration with Jello Biafra, who is still Jello Biafra, as all Jello Biafra can Jello Biafra. I don't know if Buzzo played on that album. I kind of think... Well, I, he might have been on a couple of those, but that was primarily... Um, one of the other Melvin's dudes and one of the dudes from Tool, uh, the guitar player, the, the the name's getting away from me. But yeah, somebody told me that at some point. They're like, the name's a little bit misleading because it's not really like it's like one of the Melvin's and also a dude from Tool who I think maybe played in the Melvin's at some point, too. But uh, anyway, those are fucking great albums. Like uh, all that aside, the, uh, the I guess it's kind of what the Guantanamo School of Medicine has kind of become is the old, uh, the very similar sounds to the old Jello and the Melvins albums. The only time I ever talked to Jello was right before my son was born. We did a trip out to the West Coast to visit some friends, and they had a gig. So I was their quote unquote drum tech so we could all hang out backstage and shit and you know move a little bit more freely around the club and it was i've done that many times yeah <laughs> so you know it was it was my friend squeaky and uh her dude hal they had a band or they have a band it was them that band arno core that i've talked to you about maybe once or twice uh they're they they all sort of dress up like arnold schwarzenegger and all their songs are about schwarzenegger type stuff yeah i i've i've heard of them i haven't really sat down and listened to them i think they're another one that's on uh alternative tentacles records jello's yeah. label them and this folk punk band called the hobo goblins and it was like a folk punk band that's a terrible terrible fucking band name it, it was all right they were not my they were they were they had last place if i was right <laughs> And like in between them, Jello was just spinning records between all the bands. He was playing all this weird like German stuff, and uh, we crossed paths when I was helping set up on the stage, and I was just kind of like trying not to be a total dork. And I was just like, "Hi, <laughs> hello, Mister Biafra, sir." <laughs> yeah, hello, Mister Biafra. Uh, <laughs> don't hate the media, become the media, right? Uh, <laughs> but he he was really nice. And, um, yeah. Anyway. He's a, he's a Colorado boy. He, he does DJ sets in fucking Colorado all the time. I, I've never caught one, and I've never caught any of his spoken word shows for some reason. But, yeah, he does, like, uh, Denver 
and Boulder and like a lot of little college towns in Colorado for sure. It'll do spoken word shows or uh, I don't know if the Guantanamo school has played a lot of shows down there, but um, I've, yeah, I've definitely seen him on the bill as like DJ Jello Biafra spinning weird sleaze and punk and techno and weird fucking <laughs> bizarro, just bizarre. German disco. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> he used to do Comfest or come here for community festival, usually in more regular times. Uh, there's There are a lot of little festivals that go on at a park downtown here. Right. Uh, it's where the Pride Festival tends to be, although there's two of those now because there were protesters of the corporate Pride event that got fucked with by cops, and Stonewall kind of left them out to dry, so there became... Community Pride and Stonewall Pride. Uh, That was just a couple years ago. But also there was Community Fest, which would be a whole weekend of poetry, jazz bands, all pretty much all local musicians and stuff, local bands, just uh, like people running around topless getting fucked up in the park basically that sounds pretty cool speaking of uh the proud boys it was either the proud boys or one of those other shitty groups patriot prayer or something like Uh, that volunteered uh, for a picking up garbage shift last year and they caused a big fucking kerfuffle they just went there to bully people well it was largely them going around acting like they aren't nazis like, see, we're just regular folk. We do cool things in the city. Yeah, I don't like that. It's kind of kind of like yeah, in like the south when fucking you drive past the sign that says this highway was cleaned up by the fucking this chapter of the KKK. And it's like, eh, I get it's their constitutional right and all, but man, I wish somebody would spray paint over that shit so they don't get credit for it. Fuck them. Picking up garbage ain't gonna make up for all those fucking lynchings, pal. Sorry. Yeah, we haven't even we haven't done a show since like any of this shit has happened, like fucking George Floyd or like the real like I think the last time was like right before COVID was happening. And dude, this has been the most surreal fucking summer ever. Like I don't even know. Like I feel like I stepped into another dimension at some point, and this is like fucking Earth two, and <laughs> none of this seems real. It's fucking. It's a lot to handle. I think people are like drinking and doing a lot of drugs right now just to fucking cope with this bullshit. So like, I, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that. But like, I've also just been like glad I've had just enough podcast work to keep me. I call it work like we get fucking paid. That's 100 percent not the case. Uh, enough podcast projects to keep me busy over the summer that like I've been just watching a lot of great horror movies and uh just kind of trying to keep my mind off shit. I mean, I've been working through all this. I work for a safety company. So like, as long as as there's some people like uh, none of, none of the like energy sector is shut down through any of this. We've been super busy doing like gas refineries and like natural gas pipeline. And uh, we don't have the wind farms, which there's quite a few of here in Wyoming, but uh, I'd I'd love to pick up those accounts. I, I think the problem with that is a lot of those, uh, are like pretty much totally autonomous or their fire safety equipment and shit like that is like, uh, like, uh, self-controlled and the sites are unmanned basically. So there's no reason to put safety equipment out there. It's all 
run by computers but yeah it's it's been really weird to like trying to keep busy at work like definitely like when covid and shit first started it was uh super hard to get anything done at work just because like i wanted to fucking i'm like this is it all just seemed like so insignificant compared to what the hell was going on with the rest of the world that i was uh I, I don't know i felt like i had like super bad adhd for the first like like march and april basically march was felt like 500 years long and april felt like about a week the, the whole summer has just gone by in a flash and it's been fucking it, it's been weird and stressful kind of uh essential worker mark I, I guess i'm essential i mean like a lot of places I, it was super dead at work like in march and april obviously because so much stuff was closed even in like the most red state and the most like fucking one of the most stubborn states i think uh in the country we still like shut down all our restaurants and bars and like uh, like non-essential stuff was fucking closed for about two months and then we kind of slowly started reopening and cases didn't go down they've gone you know not humongously up but gradually up ever since then and we're still like sending kids back to school like like my fucking niece started like second grade a week ago or something like early summer school program i think the rest of them go back like end of august or something uh yeah it's 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 been really weird and i my heart goes out to anybody that has to work with the general public right now i'm kind of fortunate that i deal with like uh safety guys and maintenance men and uh you know store gms and shit like that business owners i don't deal with like a whole lot of foot traffic and customers and i don't work for a company that is absolutely making people wear masks when they go into their business i feel so fucking bad for people that work for like big corporate chains that have to enforce this bullshit it's it's not bullshit don't don't get me wrong I, I absolutely i wear my fucking mask almost everywhere in public uh even i was before stores were requiring it it's not that big a fucking deal to me like i don't spend a lot of i don't go a lot of places really i haven't left my house hardly all fucking year but i wear my mask when i go out it's not that big a fucking deal to me it's not like getting your like social security number barcoded on your fucking wrist and tattoo or something like it's not it's not a fucking huge violation of my rights i don't think it's the courteous thing to do to the people around you and for yourself uh like it's i just i don't get it i fucking hate the people that are like giving retail workers who get paid bullshit wages a hard time over this it's not up to them they didn't fucking make COVID happen. It's 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 so fucking frustrating. And part of me just like wants to sit outside of stores and just confront these people after I see them fucking yelling at like my girlfriend who's just trying to do her fucking job and be like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, if you've got such a big deal, if you've got such a big problem with this, stay the fuck home and shop online. Like yeah. these people do not deserve this kind of fucking treatment. Like this isn't this wasn't their decision. This wasn't their doing. Uh it's, it's fucking bullshit and I, uh, I i hate that people are having to go through this and like in the grand scheme of things i've got things pretty okay because i deal with a pretty select limited amount of people i just have to keep like my fairly small crew i think i manage like four dudes basically and then there's 
few dudes that are on the same level as me and then i have a couple different bosses basically so i'm kind of stuck in the middle there and yeah it's it's been yeah work has been fucking crazy like in its own way i won't get into all that shit but it's this has been one of the weirdest goddamn years i can remember in a long time there are a lot of comparisons to the 1918 flu and that's a hundred years since something like this happened Right. There was a fucking anti-mask movement back then. There, I was, I was finding all those. There's like a Guardian article and some other, like Mental Floss maybe had some archival photographs of the anti-maskers of the 1918. Yeah, they had protests about it back then because people thought it was a fucking horrible thing to try and keep you fucking healthy. It's like, God, how are these people so fucking dumb? I mean, I, I was reading something couple days ago or months ago like you said this is a weird <laughs> days months <laughs> years who fucking knows there's before covid uh after covid it was before it was after covid started uh, whenever the fuck that was but uh um, two months ac yeah two months <laughs> ac plus 40 yep. um the guy that figured out that you needed to wash your hands after handling a dead body before you delivered a baby, they pushed him out of medicine. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, this, that's the other fucking group of people I really feel sorry for, is people that work in the medical field and people that work in, like, assisted living places. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. I don't want to know what it's been like having to keep a bunch of seniors on lockdown and keep their families away from them and shit this year. That is fucking horrifying, but, like... Oh man, it's just one of those things. It's like this is, this is tough love, guys. <laughs> this fucking sucks, but it'll keep us alive. So maybe we should give it some thought. But, I'm, I'm uh, ranting. I'm getting I'm getting the psychosomantic juices out here that have yes. been like all all stored up since this whole fucking awful shithole summer. I was supposed to see Rage Against the Machine on like the weekend after my birthday with run the jewels like fantastic fest got fucking canceled this this year blows this is bullshit so everybody's just been drinking and doing drugs and watching movies it's been odd here in march we started early the arnold schwarzenegger fitness classic is something like the first weekend in march here every year <laughs> Arnold comes out there and does like a fitness class. There's all these different type like bodybuilding competitions and Muay Thai fights. And just it's this giant convention of the convention center. That's wild. I wonder what Schwarzenegger's connection to Ohio or is it like a national thing? Does it, does it travel around or is it local? I, it seems like it's not a tour. He probably does it in other places, but it's been a thing that he's been doing here forever. I have no idea why. Man, I'll have, I'll have to look that up later. That's fucking crazy. It was. I used to work downtown at a bar, and it was the one of the shittier weekends because there'd be all these like red fight red faced aggro dudes carrying around <laughs> their sample bags of protein powder and shit. They're like, give me a fucking beer. <laughs> but our governor closed it to the public and he allowed the performers to perform and do their competitions but he closed it to the public and then the weekend before uh our 
midterm election and St. Patrick's Day, which happened to be on the same day because the Republicans moved it to St. Patrick's Day to bring down voter turnout. I was supposed to be getting on a plane to go down to Florida for a vacation. Uh. And I was just kind of, well, I always just kind of watch the news and read well, the yeah. news and soak that, it all That's up. your jam. Yeah. And I was just seeing stuff, stuff about cases and stuff going up in Florida and people were talking about what people are going to be doing next. And I just envisioned being stuck down in Florida in a rental apartment or here, you know, where I can turn my hobbit hole into a fortress. I did not start (laughs) panic buying toilet paper and shit that people were doing. You know, the brew dog beer. I've never had it, but I've heard you talk about it before. Oh, okay. Uh, It's, it's founded in Scotland. They opened one, one brewery in America so far and it's here. Right. And they had a hotel next to the brewery. Full of, I think you know, I, yeah, I remember you talking about this. So when everything started shutting down, they started offering next day beer delivery. And for the longest time, every beer delivery over 20 bucks or 30 bucks or something like that came with a free roll of toilet paper from their hotel <laughs> that had to close down. Oh, that is, see, that is making the best of a fucking terrible situation, which is what every company needed to be doing there during these times. Like how everybody suddenly had like delivery and curbside pickup and shit. That's how you stay alive. And the people that aren't willing to fucking adapt like that are the ones that are fucking shutting their doors right now. The music venues. I understand. Uh, really figure something uh, out. I really like that there are initiatives to save the venues i know there's yeah to there are pay their rent years. so they don't shut the fucking doors yeah there the, that, that would be a terrible cultural shame but in most of america they don't the government doesn't give a shit about culture no definitely ours doesn't seem to randomly uh, a year or so ago up up north cleveland their city government passed a a yearly arts endowment or something like that to be extra cool. But yeah. Do do you know how much it was for or what they ended up like funding with it? I can't, I I can't remember. I I think it was for artist grants and stuff like that. Uh, They do have a really good museum, at least one really good museum up there. And they've got the flats. That's where warp tour used to be. Or it might still be there. I don't know if Warp Tour is still going on. I transitioned into going to Riot Fest as soon as that started, and that tends to be my. It does seem like Riot Fest snagged a bunch of um, Warp Tour regulars, and they kind of yeah, it was like a like the last years of Warp Tour is kind of right when Riot Fest started getting some traction. I'm bummed I only went to the one day of like the last time that they did it in Denver as well as Chicago because. Man, that was a fucking killer lineup. I saw like uh, Weezer and Slayer and Primus and No Effects. And I think I caught like the end of either the Buzzcocks or Less Than Jake or somebody. Like uh, it was a fucking stacked ass show. And uh, I bet there would have been some cool shit on days two and three. But for whatever reason, we only went to the one day of it. And then they quit doing it in Denver, I think, after the next year, which I didn't go to at all. Oh, and you could camp at that one, too, I think. 
That was the years before. The years we went was the first year after they got kicked off of that land, basically, and told not to come back. I don't know exactly what happened, but all I can assume is they probably trashed the land or left garbage fucking everywhere and fucked off and were told not to ever come back or probably something along those lines. But this was in the parking lot of one of Denver's sports teams. I want to say... I think it was Mile High Stadium, so I think that's the Rockies Stadium. But I could be, uh, you know, I'm 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 a not sports ball guy, so I don't I don't really know these things. But I remember <laughs> it was at least a hundred fucking degrees that day, and thank God we got there uh, relatively late in the day when it's kind of starting to cool off because I'm pretty sure weed had been legalized at that point. So I think that was one of my first encounters with like. Uh, thinking that I could handle like two or three pre-rolls of good Denver weed and a couple edibles. Like I'm pretty sure I ate a bunch of gummies and shit right before that. And it was one of the few times where I had to like fucking sit down for about half an hour once we got in the door. And uh, yeah, that uh, that happened a couple times early on when Denver first legalized. I had to kind of learn my fucking limits with like, uh, edibles especially and like tinctures and fucking uh, hash oil that shit's uh... <laughs> I, I mean I think they've mellowed it out kind of at this point but back then it was kind of unregulated and sometimes you'd get really ridiculously potent shit and sometimes you'd get shit that did nothing at all so it was kind of a crapshoot and I think they I, I think enough bad things happened that they had to kind of uh fix that and like uh, that's, that's when the rookie cookie kind of started coming out it's just like a like five milligram thc cookie basically for somebody that's never done it before all the dumb to- weed tourists getting fucked up and doing bad shit that would have been fun it will be it is legal riot fest uh 2020 got moved to riot fest 2021 of course but they announced uh the first wave of the lineup i don't know if you've seen that I think I did, but I've long forgotten because it feels like a century ago. Well, speaking of Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels? Oh, man. Run the Jewels, Smashing Pumpkins, Pixies, and My Chemical Romance are the the biggest names on there right now. But there's Gogol Bordello and L7. Uh, Goddamn, L7 still plays? Yeah, well, and they get a lot of reunion shows. I remember one year... I saw the original lineup, or at least living lineup, of Iggy and the Stooges right before or right after Joan Jett. (laughs) God damn, it's like a retirement home up on stage. Ministry, Bad Religion. uh, The fucking village people were there last year, and they had a massive pit. It's fun, and I think it's really cool. The guys that started it were started out just as dudes in a fucking punk band in Chicago. I played a couple shows with them before. And then the it's it started out at bars in Chicago. And now it's at this huge fucking park. Uh yeah, all these stages and all these bands that I've seen there. The but you probably did see the Buzzcocks because they were on there at least one year. Yeah, they were definitely on the bill. I, I think less than Jake was, too. I, I want to say it was like some one of them big in the 90s fucking punker ska bands. They, they picked up a lot of those, which made me happy. The, the other show I was thinking of that like, I was really bummed I missed last year was No Effects Live at Red Rocks, where they did the decline with the fucking orchestra 
That was that was like the end of last year. I had every opportunity to go to that show, and for whatever fucking stupid reason, I didn't go. Oh, uh, man, I bought that but, vinyl. I'm waiting for it to come. Yeah, and the the live performance is filmed in pretty good quality on their on the Fat Records YouTube. If you look it up, it's it's pretty great. I'm I'm bummed I missed that live, but. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of pumped that like, man, Red Rocks is such a fucking cool venue. I'm glad that it's like, I think also technically a national park or it's on national park land or something. Uh, so I think that's like one of the, that's definitely a venue in Colorado that I think is safe because it's been operating not as a musical venue, but as like a, you know, national park tourist kind of attraction this whole time. So, I mean, those guys have been able to keep the door. There's a lot of cool venues in Denver that maybe aren't doing so great. Uh, I really like this place called the marquee. Um, it's like a little tiny, like this place had to have been built back in the disco era, just judging by like how it's set up. Kind of, it's got like a real, a kind of small, like dance floor basically. And then the stage is like, not super tall, but kind of tall. And then like the back part of it is like elevated kind of like, it's, it's just got this real disco bar kind of layout to it for whatever reason. But I've seen like, I saw like the last Dillinger escape plan show in there. And I've seen like ghosts, uh, the, the synth wave ghosts, not, not the satanic pop band ghost in there and like all, ki all kinds of weird shit. I think I saw necromantics in there at some point maybe too, but uh, uh, that's, that's a fun little bar. They thankfully have a pizzeria attached to it and they sell these giant, like as big as your face slices of pizza for like two or three bucks or something. And uh, I think they do vegan pizzas too, or like, it's like uh, it's it's like satan pizzas on like tuesday night or something uh so so those guys uh, if they can sell enough pizzas they could probably keep the doors open because this thing doesn't take up a whole lot of real estate but um yeah there's a lot of places i don't know how the fuck they're gonna hang on it's uh it's it's, it's a fucking bummer man this is gonna be a killer a year that kills a lot of businesses i think there's gonna be another consolidation of power the whole sort of cheesy but totally tr true think globally act locally there's yep. uh like a nonprofit that i found out about recently called feed the second line and it was set up in new orleans to take care of all the out of work jazz musicians and other things like that and there there's hopefully either a template to get going on in your own areas or somebody that's already working on that project. Right. Uh, so hopefully I, I think a lot of people are realizing for the first time that they need other people. Yeah. And uh, that's not a totally bad thing. I mean, there's a lot of bad things going on. And speaking of bad things and shitty reactions from the government, uh, coming up really soon, I promise. We're gonna talk about the crazies movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. God We're damn getting it. there. We might do a timestamp, but no, I don't think anybody <laughs> listens to this show that doesn't expect this sort of thing. And... They they knew drunken fucking ramblings were coming out of, out of this guy for sure that's kind of my forte that i don't really get to exercise on duncan anything i do with duncan whether it be doing the nasty or, or teapots because generally we record doing the nasty at like nine o'clock in the morning on a sunday so 
You're only mostly drunk. M- mostly drunk on this show or on Duncan's show? Uh, well, at nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, man. I'm fucking 34. <laughs> I, I, I'm a couple years past that. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't have kids yet or anything, but like, I feel like I have like certain responsibilities and that includes, I, I mean, it definitely that includes Duncan. Like, I mean, I, I've been recording with that guy for a long fucking time right now. So I like, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there, especially for the other podcast hosts. Uh, I, I, I would do things to get a show recorded with Duncan or Darren or Danny Treoxen or a couple of other people that I would not fucking do for any of the goddamn rest of you because life is too short to spend it doing too many podcasts, I guess. I don't know. I'm fucking <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know where I was going with all that, but, um, but they're here yeah. to listen to you. You've got yeah. you've got your uh you've got your bile built up and I am just uncranking that steam vent. And that's my favorite. Well, this is like one of the few podcasts I've done where like I get to uh, I actually get to like come on and just like unload some fucking shit basically. So, I just appreciate that. I feel like the Psycho Samantha cast is kind of like therapy. Yeah, it's podcaster therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's where you come you know, you, you air your grievances, the festivus <laughs> for the rest of us. Uh, tell us about your victory garden, Mr. Green Thumb. Uh, yeah, I don't know what really kicked off all this. I know really at the beginning of COVID somewhere in my brain, um, I realized that we were probably going to be cooking from home a lot more often. So I think I jumped on the YouTubes. It's kind of my preferred uh like video streaming service i know some people like the vimeo or whatever but uh youtube is kind of a fucking invaluable tool to me especially in these weird bizarre times where i'm doing shit like gardening that i never thought in a million years i would be really enthusiastic and really excited about but um i i think i got to that point because i watched a lot of cooking shows on youtube and at some point youtube started recommending me gardening shows just because I think cooking slash gardening is kind of lumped into one category, uh, especially because of stuff like HGTV, which I think kind of involves both of those things. So through whatever Facebook algorithm, if you like either cooking or gardening shows, they're going to start recommending you the other one at some point. And I legit found a couple of gardening channels that I thought were really interesting. And I, I, I think gardening has kind of, been in my family like all of my life uh definitely my parents have like a super green thumb and and going further back my grandma uh, who lived here in town with us had a beautiful garden and used to grow grow stuff like green beans that you could eat like fresh off the stock and they're fucking delicious and she always made a huge batch of choke cherry syrup from the fucking I, I can't remember the exact type. I, I have a different one growing in my backyard now, which is a, uh, I think it's a Canadian red. It's like this giant, beautiful, like red leafed bush tree that kind of grows. And it only gets berries like a really quick, like I think like two to three weeks in mid to late summer. And you got to grab that shit. And if it's a really simple. You just boil it down and add a fuckload of sugar and you have delicious choke cherry syrup, which is amazing on pancakes and waffles and shit. 
Um, so green thumb has kind of always been in my family. My parents apparently had a mushroom farm back in the day, like right before, I think probably right before I was born. So this would have been, I was born in 86. So this would have been early to mid eighties. And, um, I, I think the market at some point, there was a big oil bust in our town and in our state, probably, probably the whole country. It's not, at some point in the eighties where it was like, uh, I think a lot of the restaurants kind of dried up here, which was their main customer for buying, you know, like shiitakes and fucking like table mushrooms, basically. Uh, so that, that went under and eventually my dad started his own sawmill business, which we did all the way up until he, uh, sort of retired. He's kind of a stubborn old man that still likes to get out and do work type shit. But yeah, it, uh, so at some, at some point it got in my head that I was probably going to have to start cooking. And um, it was it was two things. The, the Facebook algorithm and also seeing in cooking shows that a lot of the time they use fresh herbs and fresh vegetables. And it occurred to me that like, what if the fucking grocery stores close up? Or like, even if not to that extent, like what if, what if fresh produce like suddenly becomes really hard to come by and we all get scurvy eating fucking mac and cheese box bullshit and ramen noodles for too long. And I'm like, I'm going to like, if nothing else, grow a few plants. I have like a perfectly good, uh, like probably three and a half, four foot plant, uh, or a garden bed, like right, right outside my porch out here that had good soil that had lily bulbs already planted in parts of it. And I just kind of threw some seeds out there and saw what happened. And I think like some of the first stuff I grew is like cilantro because it grows in like two to three weeks. It's a super easy herb to grow. And at some point I really like my main thing I want to do was a pumpkin patch, uh, which I I attempted. I, I, I planted 72 pumpkin seedlings in, probably the beginning of April, like here in Wyoming, this is zone five B I think. So our last like potential frost is usually Memorial day weekend. And then anything after that until I think about Halloween, you're pretty okay for your growing season. Like that's when kind of when you got to wrap it up is about the end of October. Sometimes earlier we get snow real bad here. So I really wanted to grow pumpkins, and I think I started them a little too early because you want them to be done roughly around mid to the end of September, so you have fucking jack-o'-lanterns in October. This year I invested in pumpkins. They've been going up the whole month of October, and I got a feeling they're going to peak right around January. And bang, that's when I'll cash in. To Homer and the Sergeant Pepper was growing out of the middle of your back. Uh, Vaughn, you gotta unwrap the plastic before you smoke these. Uh, so I planted and germinated and had 72 pumpkin seedlings. Um, you know, a a handful didn't make it out of the giant seedling trays into the fucking giant, um, solo cups that I grew a bunch of them in early. So that knocked it down to about 50. Uh, a few of them dried out from that point or didn't look healthy. So you kind of just, you go through these stages of narrowing it down. I think I had about 13 by the time I was ready to take them out of the house and put them in the yard. And it was after Memorial day and it was like hot enough out to plant shit. And, uh, all of them to fucking basically died a horrible death, except for this one giant monster one. That's like a 15 to 
maybe 18 foot vine growing on the side of my house right now and it's got a little pumpkin that's like about half the size of a volleyball i'd say and um yeah so so that part's been really cool i've grown a bunch of other stuff like tomatoes and sunflowers and like just really easy shit to grow like if it's the right time of year basically and uh it's been really rewarding it's it's also been another thing that's been really therapeutic through all this bullshit is like i get up a little bit earlier every day before work to go out and water my garden and check on shit and like a month or two ago like all my fucking tomato is about a month ago is when all my tomatoes started fruiting and like I'm starting to see some results from this shit. I got a pumpkin going and sunflowers that are going to give me a shitload of seeds. And um, so that's, that's been a really cool experience. I'm, I'm lucky that I live in a place right now that I can do stuff like that. Like where I have an actual like yard or a garden as they call it in the UK, I think. And uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend it except for, all of the big box stores and like a lot of the greenhouses, like I, I tried to support the local greenhouse that's closest to me here in town as much as possible. They were fucking cleaned out all spring and summer. Like people went bananas with this shit because a lot of them were out of work and need shit to do around the house. And probably a lot of them had the same idea as me where they just want to fucking, you know, help, you know, uh, lessen having to go to the grocery store as much as possible and having fresh produce that you know um, has, uh, first and foremost hasn't been handled by people with fucking COVID and also like I, I grow all of my shit totally for the most part organically you kind of have to do hydroponics with um, like some kind of liquid nutrient so like I, I bought a couple of aero gardens over the summer which I think is like a company owned by Miracle Grow, and um, I gotta admit they're really good units. I think Miracle Grow is kind of a scumbag company because they use a lot of weird synthetic shit in their fertilizers, and um, it's kind of uh, they're like the Walmart of fucking soil companies. Sort of, it's the cheap shit that's full of stuff that's not really good for you and not good for your plants. Um, but uh, yeah, that I've yeah I've done soil growing and hydroponics over the summer, and both have been like really rewarding. It's really cool. So um, yeah, that's that's been the Victory Garden. T- tell me a little bit about like for those who may may not know what a Victory Garden actually is. I don't know in which war the term was popularized, but there are a lot of old propaganda posters uh, about growing your victory garden it's about cutting corners and doing what you can and you, there's the supplies are rationed for the soldiers the more vegetables you grow for yourself will help the nation in this war a lot of, a lot of cheesy looking things of people looking extreme although I, it's been a long time since i've gardened but these people are looking extremely happy holding heads of <laughs> cauliflower and stuff like that and it's <laughs> You know, it's it's just like grow your victory garden. It's like the, uh, you know, save your pots and pans for the for the war effort and yep. empty cars. If you drive alone, you ride with Hitler. Uh, just yeah, these things. <laughs> you know, I've, a lot of politicians have been throwing out the terminology and metaphor of we're in a war. So, I yeah, I think I made one, especially during. <laughs> 
during the great toilet paper drought of the spring of 2020. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I probably doctored a couple propaganda posters about... I think it was people canning foods, but it, I just made them all toilet paper rolls. <laughs> yep. S- support the war effort. Wipe your ass with some leaves. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. But with, I mean, with restaurants and things going down and with, I, I have no idea what is, I have not been inside a grocery store in months. I, really? I, I don't really go much of anywhere, but talking about gardening, I might consider it if I didn't have a kid because we don't have a whole lot of yard as it is. And I don't want to take it all up with shit that I'm like, stay out of there. Right. Uh, especially right now where it's OK, let's go in the backyard and play all day if we can, if I can get you no. to go outside. Uh, so there are uh uh, fuck, I can't really remember. CSA. I forget what it's community shared agriculture, I think is what it stands for. We basically once a week, all these farms combining and you can it's like a co-op kind of, but it's all like a farmer's farms. farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a farmer's market once a week here also. And then there's the CSA where. You either set it up where you go to a specific location to pick up your crate of whatever, your your share, or... Your fresh produce. Yeah. Or we have it delivered. And even before the, the pandemic, it was just, they would put it in your in your cooler on the porch. So... That's, that's pretty cool. That's what they do now. So we get all these local, all around Ohio, you know... Yeah, greens and kale and spinach. And it, it changes. I mean, sometimes you can pick and choose stuff you want, and sometimes it's, this is what's growing right now. And it, it, local meats, uh, local animal farmers and stuff too. So it's it's few and far between that we're like, yeah, let's, let's go to the store where people are making political statements about not giving a shit about anybody else. Um. yeah yeah and it goes back to like supporting local businesses rather than fucking going out to sam's club where they're pushing fucking slave labor to stock their shit in dangerous times and not getting hazard pay and all that stuff like that's what it's like yeah i know i know a guy that grows fucking zucchinis i'm just gonna go to that guy and buy some fucking zucchinis and then i'll go buy the dude that fucking has a milk cow and get some fucking I don't know. I, I, drinking fresh milk is kind of sketchy to me. I don't know why. I, I've tried it before. It was like the Amish people up in Montana when I was visiting some friends that like sell fudge also sold like whole milk, like fresh cow milk. Like and non-pasteurized to, milk? Yeah, non-pasteurized okay. milk. And to me, it just tastes like fucking milk with a stick of butter fucking mixed <laughs> into it. And I was like, ugh. I, like, I can't imagine putting that shit on a bowl of cereal or something and like i don't know you know i've never been super convinced that like the human body actually needs milk because i've gone long long stretches in my life where like i couldn't afford milk so i just wouldn't buy it i'd have to i guess figure out how to get some vitamin d some some other way because i I think that and calcium is about all that your body really gets out of milk other than a fucking bunch of fat basically but yeah, support your local co-op if you got one. We 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 have a farmers market thing around here sometimes, kind of. But like, 
God damn, we've been like so busy at work. I just don't really feel like going down. Like I, I haven't got, I haven't gone out for hardly anything at all this year. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. And like so some businesses, we don't we don't have kind of the same thing. We have community gardens here. I think there's like three or four of them. It's like the community Casper Food for Thought Project or something. That basically just bought a couple of vacant lots and set up big gardens on them where they grow all kinds of shit and they just leave them open to the public. It's like a, like a, a goodwill kind of thing. Like come and pick whatever you need, but don't like pick more than you need kind of deal. Take all you want, but you don't eat all you take. Yep, exactly. So, which I think is cool. Like that's like, I, I almost wish like every neighborhood had something kind of like that. Like people would be eating, I think a lot healthier food and, you know, not uh, supporting giant fucking corporations that i think largely supply grocery stores with fresh produce i don't know it, it differs depending on where you're at but like i think a lot of ours it's like big giant food suppliers where this shit is probably grown in third world countries by slave labor and then shipped up here really fast and refrigerated weird and uh stuff like that it's just so much goddamn better like fresh off the stock it's something you gotta do anyway, but it is sort of its own form of. It's a it's a community good, and you've got to get your food somewhere. So, I hear prices in grocery stores are going up anyway. Yep. So it's gonna level out. Of course, the be- <laughs> this is America. The better the food is for you, the more it costs. Uh huh. Yeah, like even even beneath the 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 level of fast food quality food, which is already pretty fucking garbage and pretty terrible for you i mean i'm I, I i'm guilty as anybody we got a wendy's like fucking two minutes away from my house so like sometimes i just don't feel like cooking but man like it'll never be as good as like harvesting your own fruits and vegetables and knowing hey i grew this from nothing but soil and water and sunlight basically like that's <laughs> uh that's a pretty cool feeling it's tasty science I love me some fast food, but I don't need any help being pudgy. So not that there's anything wrong with it, but yeah, I, I don't need any help. So I, I think the, uh, we need to stop. Blah, 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 blah. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to the midnight horror show that I kept hoping was going to come back, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah. You never know. I saw that Duncan's playing Fortnite. I guess maybe we should all like start playing Fortnite and just secretly record the fucking headset conversations and release that as new Midnight Horror Show episodes. Because that's it's looking like the only way it's gonna come back anytime soon. I don't know. I've been I I, I would love to do it, but we'd have to keep it kind of limited just because like I I learned a long time ago like really by the time the fancy and friends show had ended i learned that like hey i don't really like having fucking podcast homework to do all the time or like i kind of this is taking up a little bit too much of my free time basically so yeah. uh that would be my advice to anybody that's getting started out and doing podcasts is don't feel like you have to do every single thing that you can do because uh you get burnt out real fast i think you get burnt out real fast even doing just one show like i don't don't know how a lot of these dudes have ran consecutively for like years and years can do it because like i don't know just sometimes i just i feel like doing something else and that's kind of why i like being guest 
guest hosts on other people's shows a lot. You know, I can kind of pop in. And I'll uh, you know, I can get the movies knocked out, and I'll come and have have fun hanging out with people. And then, like, I you know, it's it's not like in. I guess I'm bad with obligations or something. I, I don't know. I'm just like fucking. I, I like to keep my time free, especially in these these weird fucking times because I don't really have way a lot of free time on my hands. Work is keeping me pretty busy, and like I don't know, life is just fucking crazy. Like I think, like uh, podcasters should like do as much as you feel like you should. I mean, obviously, if it's a paying gig, you got to do how much your contract says but i don't think most people are in that situation so uh yeah just keep it keep it fucking easy and breezy man good on you folks that do something every week but yeah jesus christ i don't know how you do it when this one first started i was gonna i wasn't sure how many i was gonna do but i was gonna be totally political nerd and only put out episodes when congress was in session but they're always on vacation any fucking way and that just seemed a little too dumb so now it's kind of usually there's two episodes a month but it's not always every two weeks and that that works pretty well for me and vd clinic uh it's pretty much just once a month and that's not too bad so that's like three shows a month like you can you you can wiggle that and, and yeah like I, I was telling duncan the same thing about um doing the nasty when we recorded the last one i was like dude i wouldn't really have been offended if you would have like especially like while he's doing the summer series here in the summer months and recording like a bazillion hours worth of fucking podcasting shit each week i would have been like dude i don't know the listeners like if we actually have any that is would have felt about it but like i would have been okay if we would have blown off a month here or there and uh, obviously this episode that's about to come out is like fucking uh, a little bit late if we're trying to do fucking one a month there basically wasn't a july episode but there might be two august ones hey, so um yeah it's just like man in the grand scheme of things like things to stress about like podcasts or pretty low on the totem pole right now so I've, I've just been keeping it keeping it easy on that shit and doing what i feel comfortable that i can get done real easy i've, I've seen both of the movies that we're talking about tonight like a zillion times but i still managed to sneak in rewatches of both just so they're kind of fresh in my mind but um yeah homework is kind of a drag when you're a fucking grown up so uh <laughs> I try and keep it to what I'm comfortable with, basically, which is what I encourage other podcasters to do. Keep your life stress-free. Fuck it. You can see what happens when people come in uh, stressful situations. On the other side of this quick break, I think we're going to take a quick break <laughs> and top off beverages and whatnot. And we will be back, and that'll be an easy way to timestamp it. We'll come back, and we will talk about... The crazies, all the crazies. 47 years old this year, which, holy shit, it's almost half a century old, and it's still as relevant as ever. Especially in these times, or if you're listening to this in the future, which everyone is, because this is not broadcasting live. I imagine this time period, should there be traditional historians, will be talking about the 2020 plague. The fucking dark times. Yeah. Uh, 2020 Trixie. 
<laughs> kinda. Kinda. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get to that. We'll we'll get to that in just a minute. I've taken me no place. They started something they can't stop. The crazy. We can make it. I know it. A lethal terror snowballs into hell. The crazies. Rated on. George Romero, The Crazy, 1973. You are one of the biggest George Romero fans I know. Why don't you set this up? And to, be, to be fair, I think Court Psyop is probably one of the biggest, like maybe the biggest George Romero fan you know. Uh, for for future or uh, like further George Romero talk, like if you go back on the, the Legion podcast under the Cinema Psyops, I think it was like a year or two ago, I was over there and we talked about, I think the films that became before this that George Romero directed. Uh, there's always Vanilla and Season of the Witch, also known as Jack's Wife. Um, we're going to go ahead and set it say right now, I don't really fucking like those other two movies. I think they're boring and kind of weird and bad and very experimental. And they're cool, if nothing else, just as a George Romero completist to be able to see some of his earlier work and see how incredibly similar these movies are to... And I think that's why Arrow put out the really nice box set that's got those two and the crazies in it. The movies that he did between Night of the Living Dead in 68 and Dawn of the Dead, which came out in 78. Um, he directed these three movies in that order. I think the crazies came at the end of the, the other three. I think the other two were kind of designed as uh, made for TV movies, maybe, or like all three. I think maybe they had in mind for um the crazies is definitely the most i think drive through or i mean drive in kind of movie uh in certain it had different titles like in certain parts of the country like i think codename trixie was a title that ran in like parts of the country where i don't know i, I think uh, you had the you had the two two different ends of the spectrum as far as theatrical goes at this time in this country you had the drive-ins uh, which played lots of double features, which you'd have to fill with like schlocky B movies and science fiction shit. And that goes all the way back to the fifties. Um, and you also had the sleazy grindhouses that also churned out double and triple features that you'd have to fill with B movie garbage and Kung Fu flicks and all kinds of weird shit. And uh, so the, the, I think the original the original run of this it ran in like something like 45 theaters in the country under the name the crazies and then i think they released it in an even smaller number of theaters uh like maybe six months later as codename trixie but both of them were huge failures and i think that was like i don't know how dawn of the dead came out of this because um that seems like this the crazies is kind of like george romero's the thing as that movie is to John Carpenter, where I think they put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into that movie. And like, it wasn't really well received at the time. I don't think um, the crazies definitely kind of come around. It's a, a cult movie kind of, and I, I, it's, I think it's a lot of George Romero completists 
and people that think that it's like gonna be a lot like dawn of the dead or night of the living dead which it very much is i feel like it's a movie that fits right along in between those and maybe could even like exist in the same universe like maybe in pittsburgh like where this is happening it's all uh like like the living dead kind of zombies the crazies is kind of a zombie movie with the zombies not really being like undead like from the grave flesh-eating ghouls they're just crazy people in the movie it plays kind of the same way a zombie movie would play but like philosophically and ideally these are like two different ideas kind of like really um zombies are kind of autonomous fodder you know, cannon fodder basically for our uh characters especially modern day zombie movies like uh, action zombie movies like there's it's just shit for our protagonists to kill kind of and it doesn't look like they're killing people uh the crazies like uh, sidesteps that and it's just like people going crazy and uh, definitely in the remake they amp up that like actually the military is the fucking bad guy in this not the crazies uh, which is an idea that goes all the way back to Night of the Living Dead in 1968. And this is, uh, yeah, Crazy came out in the 73, so this is five years later. And it explores a lot of the same ideas about, like, uh, just how badly the government and the military can bungle things and they don't listen to science and they have zero respect for the people that they're supposedly serving and just, like, lots of stuff about martial law and like what you would do and like uh like this was way way before i think there was a lot of like post-apocalyptic fiction out there like i think like quite a ways before this we had richard matheson with i am legend but like which is what night of the living dead is kind of based off of but it wasn't like the 90s and the 2000s where we had this explosion of cheapo fucking uh, post-apocalyptic movies or like even movies that dealt with the apocalypse kind of I guess you could kind of say like the B movies of the 50s and the giant radioactive grasshopper movies kind of dealt with like end of the world type stuff and it goes back kind of to Red Scare but I don't know there's always just there's been something super special about Night of the Living Dead to me and it was kind of one of the first horror movies that really got me interested in horror i think it was like 13 when i got a vhs copy of it and it blew my fucking mind and uh i had seen the crazies on an anchor bay clamshell vhs by the time i was like a sophomore in high school and like right from the get-go that's kind of that was kind of my thoughts i was like this is kind of a proto dawn of the dead movie it's kind of like the the test run for dawn of the dead because it explores a lot of the same ideas about the system's just breaking down and really the humans becoming the bad guys because they just lose their shit and people, not everybody's going to be the hero in situations where like shit's popping off. And, uh, that's, it's always been really fucking scary to me to think about because it's like a lot more realistic than the idea of like thinking the dead corpses are going to get up walking. No, but, uh, people go crazy all, all day, every day, everywhere around the world for no reason at all. Like no code name Trixie or anything. It's just a thing that kind of happens. And, um, yeah, I, I I really like this movie a lot. It's uh, really subversive and really ahead of its time and deals with, like, like Second Amendment stuff. Like, there's a scene where the cops fucking... So, like, basically the military takes over this town and, like, at the beginning of it, they're kind of clashing with the local authorities, including the cops and the mayor, 
who show up and like they threaten to take the cops guns away and uh like there's like there's like a shootout that ensues and they have to fucking waste one of the cops because he i don't think he wants to give up his gun i think is what happens and like the locals like it's they're being herded up into a quote-unquote quarantine like i don't don't see how it's quarantine if you're like loading them all up and throwing them in the fucking high school gym and they're all together but i guess i guess it's quarantining them from being from leaving the state and infecting other places, which is something that happens in the remake at the very end. Well, and they kind of talk about it also at the end of this one, because they send dude to Louisville. Yep, that is the the bummer ending. George Romero is so good at the fucking bummer fuck you ending, and this one definitely has it. And this guy isn't even like really a hero in this. He's actually kind of a dick. He's like the 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 lead military guy. Um, who is like reluctant to be there and like it's just just a fucking total shit show the whole time he's there the scientist guy that's played by i think his name is uh oh that's that's richard no not richard liberty i think it's he's the they must be destroyed on sight guy from dawn of the dead that's that's richard france as dr as dr watts he's got he's got him up his ass um, but the first guy on the truck. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Yeah, he's, oh. he's so salty through this whole thing. Because I mean, I mean, I would be too. He sounds like he basically got kidnapped and shipped off to like a quarantine zone and has to like draw blood from these people and try and hopefully come up with a vaccine, which as we've seen with COVID is like not going to be as easy as they try and make it sound. And like the military guys, supervisors are up his ass to like, they're like, how long is this going to take? How long? We need a time frame. How long? How long? He's like, I don't fucking know. And boy, oh boy, is that sure fucking kind of come true over these, these last couple months. There's the, blast zone of people insulating themselves from the people in the middle the townspeople because then we, we've got this other storyline going of these like four guys sitting in a room figuring out how to explain this to everybody once it all goes to shit yeah and two two of which are vietnam vets which like i think is kind of something lost there's there's some definite vietnam subtext going on in this movie which i think is totally lost in the remake they were firefighters in the first one, and then they're cops in the second one. And they, they just seemed kind of like they were friends in the remake. But in this one, it seemed like David was a fucking... He was a squad mate. Yeah, squad mate, maybe even one rank above, you know, because he seemed to always look for him for answers and stuff until he didn't. Right. So maybe he's like a sergeant or something. Clank. That's the the guy that uh, is the Russell character in the remake. Yep. That's that's Harold Harold Wayne Jones in the original who does not have uh Wikipedia. Uh David is <laughs> like the guy that's like the one who's a little more with it. He's not quite the fucking itchy trigger finger that Clank is. Um yeah. Will Mc, Will McMillan, 
it's too many goddamn upper cases and lower cases. <laughs> um, uh, he's he did a lot of TV work, I think. He was on Three's Company, Charlie's Angels, Little House on the Prairie, The Greatest American Hero, uh, a couple episodes of Knight Rider, The A Team, lots of seventies and eighties TV shows. Um, I'm not super sure how. A lot of these people came into this. Uh, Lynn Lowry plays Kathy. She is uh, the daughter of Richard Liberty, who George Romero fans will know as fucking Dr. Frankenstein from Day of the Dead, the original. Um, Whatever the hell. Dr. Frankenstein is what I'm going to call him because I can't remember his actual name in that movie. But that's Richard, Richard Liberty. And he's like really young here. And holy shit, he plays a skeezy dude in this um, but Lynn Lowry is the plays his daughter. She was like kind of a model actress before this. I think she was in a movie called uh, like I Drink Your Blood. I want to say I think that might be an early Umberto Lindsay movie or something along those lines. But uh, she, she, I think a lot of these people are New York actors. I think when you're in Pittsburgh and you want to get like if you can't find like from the locals local people like i think dwayne jones was an incredible local score that they got for night of the living dead to get him in that movie but i think a bunch of these other people are new york actors like that was like obviously closer than los angeles i think those were at the time were kind of the two places you would cast uh, i i would imagine probably union actors out of so um yeah lynn lowry was in like quite a few horror movies like before this she, she was in some early lloyd kaufman movies i'm pretty sure like she, before she told a story about him on the special features i have that three movie arrow one that you were talking about i assume you. Oh, okay too. yeah yeah I, I watched some of the special features before we recorded this so i got got a little bit of that under my belt i don't remember what the fucking trauma movies were that she was in but there are two that i've ne- never seen I forget which one she cause she was talking about when she met Lloyd and she was in New York living in like a shit apartment. Like Greenwich Village? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she ended up being in Shivers, Cronenberg's Shivers after this. Okay, yeah, that's that was another one. I was like, I'd seen that movie. She was talking about doing acid on the set of I Drink Your Blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just... She's <laughs> like an old lady now. She's in the very... Yeah nonchalant about taking orange sunshine acid on the set of i drink your blood and how it like was very very like expanding experience for her and a a good experience (laughs) i'm like god damn grandma she seems like she's got a lot i i I was surprised her thing was so short because that's that's the kind of lady that seems like she's got a lot of stories and doesn't mind telling them yeah i don't know yeah, should have been. It should have been more of her on the Blu-ray. There, there wasn't really a whole lot on the Arrow Blu-rays for his extras go on this. And yeah, my, I think this is out of print for a little while because I think like one or two Blue Underground put out a Blu-ray of this. I think like around 2010 when the remake came out, and before that, I think there was only an Anchor Bay Blu-ray and VHS release of this. So this was kind of hard to get for a little while. And I think a lot of people probably saw this on bootlegs back in the early 90s to mid-90s kind of era. But um, yeah, I've, I've always really liked this movie. I think it's like super angry and super subversive. And uh, uh, it's got some pretty gnarly shit. Like uh, the fucking scene with Richard Liberty and his daughter like towards the end. 
that he ends up hanging himself afterwards is like it's it's still super super disturbing to me and or the cold open where the fucking farmer dude burns his family alive which they do again in the remake but it's like slightly in different order um but yeah there's there's lots of lots of horrible fucking disturbing shit in this original and it just it plays a lot different than the remake i'll say this about the remake i think it's an entertaining movie i really hate the color correction in it because it looks like a platinum dunes movie to me (laughs) it's got all those ugly fucking green filters and like they if they never learned their lesson about day for night and how annoying it is when it's supposed to be nighttime and the screen is just blue like i hate that shit i'm pretty sure they were color correcting stuff with like adobe premiere at this point and this isn't actually an adobe or i mean uh it's not an Adobe Premiere. Movie. It's 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 not a Platinum Dunes movie. I think this was like funded by some company out of Abu Dhabi or something, uh, or some Middle Eastern country that I'd never heard of. And I think this was released through. Ah, fuck! I'd have to get to the old uh, Wikipedia's here, but uh, not actually a Platinum Dunes movie. But looks exactly like it, and. I think a lot of stuff about the remake reminds me of basically all the other horror remakes of the time. Like they can't not do the meat locker scene like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I felt like the nuking the city thing had already been done in one of the Resident Evil movies up until this point or like you're 28 days later or something. And yeah, yeah, it was definitely that one. And a lot of it really like, I think they didn't want the remake to be too much of a zombie movie because zombie movies at the point in 2010 had like already like super blown up. And I think the walking dead was already running at that point. And, uh, well, maybe no, I think that might've been like 2012 or something. Walking dead first started, but, uh, definitely this movie, the remake would not have gotten made if the dawn of the dead remake hadn't made so much money. I think that was like, a hundred million dollars on opening weekend on a 20 million dollar budget kind of movie which uh crazies i think was like a 20 million dollar movie but made like 55 so it was a modest success not like a huge uh like the dawn of the dead movie remake made a shit ton of money and i think opened the doors for a lot of zombie movie type stuff to start happening uh so 28 days later well i don't know Uh, oh sorry Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, and I don't know if you noticed, but this movie opens up with a Johnny Cash cover song. I definitely same, noticed. Uh, that's on the same album as the Johnny Cash cover song that the Those, Dawn of the Dead remake is. Yeah, whatever those last couple of Johnny Cash albums are called, where it's like right before he died. Uh, yeah, I definitely noticed that. I was like, well, really? You guys couldn't even differentiate the two between that? Like, you're trying that hard to... Like, I don't know, it goes back to, like I, like I said, I think they could exist in the same universe, the same with the remake could exist in the same universe as the Dawn of the Dead remake, and maybe the crazies is just the early stages of the Dawn of the Dead zombie virus or something. Because uh, they're incredibly similar movies, same with the original crazies and the original Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. It's kind of a hybrid of those two without flesh-eating ghouls. I like the little nods. There, there are probably a lot more, 
than the ones I caught. But, you know, the, the guy in the remake that burned his family alive, he's whispering or whispering whistling that uh when johnny comes marching home song that plays all the fucking time in the first one yep uh, there's david and judy but you know david stopped being a firefighter and became a cop and became tim timothy oliphant who i have a hard time taking seriously because through a lot of this movie he's got kind of a weird smirk on his face like he's about to burst out laughing especially towards the beginning of this movie like he's doesn't I don't buy his serious, like, take of what's happening to his character whatsoever. I shot that guy. He's got a little... Yeah, he's, like, barely, like, not fucking cracking up about it. And I'm like, eh, that's not, not great. Um, but I generally like him, for the most part. What else have I seen him in? You have seen him in... Did, uh, I, I didn't watch it much of it but did you ever watch the show justified negative did you see the non-jack ketchum the girl next door don't believe so did you watch the santa clarita diet no you might uh, do you know what it is yes okay uh let me think what else would you have seen <laughs> Oliphant oh. in? i mean he's he's in a clicky. fuckload of stuff clickety click on his fucking thingamajig here uh he's the the other guy in scream 2 yep i have seen scream 2 that's, uh, he's that's the fun. drug dealer in go he's gone in 60 seconds yeah i've seen those movies but i do not remember him being in them he's one of the friends in Dreamcatcher. oh god that one that that one stephen king adaptation that he probably wish he could get back uh he's in once upon a time in hollywood uh more recent more recently He's the that guy uh, that in the in the scene with uh, DiCaprio's character when he's shooting that episode of the show. I, I still haven't sat down and watched that movie. I have a digital copy of it sitting on my PlayStation right now, and I still have not watched it. <laughs> Been too busy with the summer series over on Duncan's show. Did you watch Deadwood? No, which I should because Deadwood's like fucking a hop skip and a jump away from us kind of all the Sturgis people are rolling through in the other fucking Dakota did you watch the league ever no Archer I've seen a few episodes of Archer he was the friend from prep school with Archer that they were kind of gay for each other okay I think I kind of vaguely remember that <laughs> we're getting uh, somewhere with the elephant yeah. fucking education uh he he's uh, i guess he's gonna be in season two of the mandalorian which you probably haven't watched either oh i have watched the mandalorian okay of but, course but... the one disney product the fucking <laughs> corporate fucking bullshit I, I can't help it i like the mandalorian i think it's a good show i wish the rest of the star wars franchise had gone in that sort of direction but that's neither here nor there but that is a slightly extended filmography of David in the 2010 version of The Crazies, Timothy Oliphant. He always kind of has that haircut. He's one of those guys. Yep. I enjoyed the Santa Clarita diet. I don't seem to like it as much as a lot of people, but he's pretty funny in that. I think that show got unceremoniously killed off, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was like you've got two episodes to sort out your storyline or something. You know how Netflix is. Yeah. They just, we have too much money. We better cancel this show. 
Yeah, they're kind of like Fox. They're like, oh, this show's just starting to get good. Well, fuck you. Pull the plug. Or they just pull the plug after the first season. I have not verified this fact, but apparently Lucille Ball kept Star Trek from getting canceled. Really? Because it's like second pilot or something like that cost too much money and the studio wanted to cancel it, but she had enough control of the studio. This is at least the story I heard. She had, ah. she had like, veto power of the studio, and she just said, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't cancel it. I feel like if that's a thing, more nerds need to know about this. I'm sure they probably do. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even start. I, I, I know more about Futurama than I know about Star Trek. Yeah, so, I'm not a big Trekkie guy. I, we, we grew up in a Star Wars house. I mean, my mom was a big fan of the original series of Star Trek, but I didn't, like, grow up watching Next Generation or any of the rest of them. I, I, it's kind of like pro wrestling. I tangentially know a lot about both, kind of, but I don't actively, like, follow either pro wrestling or Star Trek. It's just there's a lot of crossover with, like, horror fans and comic book fans and toy dorks and fucking movie dorks and stuff like that. We all like a good chunk of us like either pro wrestling or uh, whatever the hell we were just talking about that I've already lost track of Star Trek. That's it. Jesus Christ. We're going to finish talking about the crazies real quick. Cause I think my brain is about to turn into mush. So the first crazies is more about, how the government reacts or how a government could react. It's what I am picturing. I'm trying to get, we, we talked about this earlier. I'm trying to get into the mindset of the, no, I won't wear a mask because freedom sort of people. And I wonder if this is how they feel like being told to wear a mask is a bunch of soldiers in hazmat suits are showing up and, shooting you and dragging you to the school do they yeah. do they feel like that's the same thing yeah i definitely feel like we we know some people that uh feel like that that's going to be the next logical step is they're like right from the 50 dollar fine after that they're going to be kicking in your door and dragging you off to the camps because they you wouldn't wear a fucking mask you know like i don't feel yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised that a delusional, like, uh, violence-hungry uh, society that we live in that a lot of people yeah, do feel like that that's, this is going to be the next logical step. And I kind of feel like I wish more of these people would watch this fucking movie and just be like, uh, yeah, this is uh, not going to be the worst of your problems. It's when the fucking unmarked government fucking hit squad, which goes all the way back to the fucking... Uh, the one episode of the Purge movies that we were on, we were on where I was talking about the roaming government kill squads. It's kind of the same thing in this. They're the faceless fucking gas mask goons that show up to fucking either kill you or round you up into the fucking camps, basically. That's what the fuck you should be afraid of, not putting a little piece of fabric over your Chevy Chase. So, so pur- or Purge, it's just that's what we talk about the most. The crazy purges both kind of play on the same kind of fears, which is like the fear of our own people losing their shit and our own government turning on us. Our, our own government showing us what they think of us. We are insects to be stomped on by these fucking people. We, we fucked up. We lost control of this bio weapon that we designed to do this to other people 
and you would and some people will have to think about how they would be totally fine with that if it didn't happen to them. I do love the line at the end of the remake where they like capture the fucking government kill squad goon and like question him and he's like a fucking plane went down what do you want me to tell you and he just knocks him the fuck out so that's like that's like uh yeah it's like all these that's 10 years ago and like already they're like yeah the government is gonna take zero fucking accountability for this and like totally pass the buck on this which is exactly what the fuck happened i take zero accountability it's like god damn it dude like at least the fucking presidents of the past like like I'm, I'm pretty sure like fucking Roosevelt and FDR and fucking all these dudes. Like if you know when things weren't going bad, like they could probably were man enough to fucking fess up to it and say the government didn't do as good a job as they should have. I would like to think anyway, but maybe not. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a a president that didn't do at least one atrocity. That's probably, <laughs> that's, that's probably saying it lightly. But... There's, there's, there's a meme idea for you. Get in losers. We're going to go do some atrocities. We're going atrocitying. And that's one of the things when you're not worshiping a political figure is you could say, yeah, Obama also did a bunch of drone strikes and terrible things. Yeah. He allowed the natives to get fucking tear gas for protesting pipelines and all, 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 all kinds of shit. There, there, there are no squeaky clean presidents, I don't think. But some more atrocitish than others. Uh-huh. Also, hypocrisy goes a long way. When you tear gas a bunch of people to get them out from in front of a church where you hold up a Bible and you have Upside to down. make sure that you, you know which way is right side up and then... <laughs> kind of look at it like it's something you found in your pocket after a night out drinking. It's like, oh. So yeah, the Bible. This is this, the thing I have and I think I, you know, read. Uh, but remember everybody, watch out for the wild leftist anti-God person Joe Biden. There's plenty of shit to criticize that fucking guy about, but... Yeah. Uh, it's... It's fucking frustrating man and i get where like the third party vote people are coming from but at the same time it's like no please god don't fucking do that like if you fuckers would have voted a different way like four years ago maybe things would have turned out a little bit differently so please fucking don't throw your fucking vote away but i also completely understand the absolute horrified reluctance to be voting for fucking joe biden of all fucking people it's like he's daring everybody to still support him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no fucking idea what the Democratic Party did. That's one of the reasons why I've never really considered myself a Democrat. I've just often voted for Democrats. Yeah. But we, like, we need to build up the third and fourth and fifth parties more locally, which is a duh sort of thing. But Yes. Didn't Jello run for president at some point? He may have. He definitely ran for mayor of San Francisco. Uh, I kind of thought he was like on the the Green Party ballot at some point. Some like he probably was at, at at one point or another. I think the Green Party is the party that he was associated with. It was either during the Clinton years or the Obama years. I don't 
quite or no it would have been the the, the Bush years or the the Clinton years. I forgot the Bush years happened there for a second. It was like a happier time. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there was eight years of fucking absolute garbage then, too, where her rights just got fucking pissed away and everybody was happy about it. And it's like, yeah. Like you were talking about with the the third parties and the other, the other votes in the last election, they're also America has one of the worst voter turnouts. Yeah. And. Uh, this is also a thing that's been said before, but if I could have voted but didn't was a person, that's who would be president. Because I think they got twice as many, I think twice as many people didn't vote as the uh, the amount of votes that Hillary Clinton, who got the popular vote, which was three million more votes than the other guy. <laughs> which yeah, I, I think can't it was remember like... if we've mentioned him by name or not. Nah. <laughs> in, 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 this, in this time around, but. Uh, you know, we don't need to. We don't need to. I also, I mean, fuck the electoral college, right? And I really think that if if they're not going to get rid of the electoral college, I think ranked choice voting should be uh, instituted. I don't know if you know what that is or if you dislike that idea. I, I don't know if I know what that is. It's in some states. Or, or at least a state uh, somewhere in New England. But basically, I spend most of my time figuring out what the fuck is going on with the current system <laughs> so I can explain it to myself or if somebody asks. But it's kind of like if your first choice doesn't win, then you rank them, you know, one first place through third place or fifth place. Oh, that's kind of what I do at Fantastic Fest to figure out what movie I get in what slot. <laughs> you know, so if, if you if what you want doesn't win, then your vote goes to the what you had for second place or something like oh, that. Okay, gotcha. Uh, that's probably a bit of an oversimplification, but it it it's kind of like a leapfrog into making a decent tertiary party candidacy a lot more likely than. Especially with larger government, you know, the the electoral college system for president or, uh, I mean, the the giant corporations that the Republican National Committee and the Democrat National Committee are. I mean, you've seen the uh, talking about the Democratic Party. They were threatening lobbyists that they wouldn't work with them if they did work for the the AOCs, the insurgent youth of the Democratic Party that are kind of challenging oh, and primarying Jesus Christ incumbents and stuff. And there's a lot of dumb fucking shit. So like, it really fucking sucks that they are who they are, but I hope that at least they accidentally do the right thing at some point. God, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that, and I'm almost starting to think that maybe some of the like more rock star fucking politicians and you know like your AOCs and your Bernie Sanderses and whatnot should fucking maybe they should just run as independents or something. I don't like I goddamn I just have zero fucking faith in Democrats to do the right thing even on accident at this point. It's just like it's almost like they're determined to fucking lose, and that is so goddamn disheartening. Can do more fundraising that way yep so i i am liking that there are starting to be people that come from different walks of life in congress than just lawyers yeah i, think that's a guy, just... I know some cool lawyers 
there's been a lot of a lot of victories on local levels around the country that I don't think get a whole lot of fucking fanfare and a lot of people like hate that fact that there's a lot more women and a lot more people of color and stuff like that and trans people like becoming mayors and governors and shit like that like that's I don't I don't think people give local government type stuff enough credit just because it's like we're being led by fucking King Cheeto the third fucking dipshit up at the top but yeah that that gives me a little bit of faith i guess who knows i i think eventually one way or another i mean it, either society will crumble and it will rebuild itself with any survivors or some uh, something will happen a little less catastrophic but hell can food can food and shotguns grow your victory garden uh I was real, real disappointed that they shot down legal weed and whatever that last bill was. It was just like a week or two ago. Like the, the, the Democrats refused to put that on some. Oh, on, on some, the platform. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, come on, that's an easy, easy fucking win. And already half the states in the fucking country have medical or recreational weed to a degree. Like, why is this? Why is this not a thing? Like. Part of me, when I was younger, felt like I never thought I would live long enough to see legal weed. And now I'm just like, why didn't this happen a long time ago? This is fucking bullshit. This is over a century. This is fucking make that money, dudes. Let people get stoned. They're gonna anyway. Let people grow it in their in their victory gardens. Some Tegrity Farms, if you're still watching South Park. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been, but I know that joke just because... Well, for reasons. Okay. It's another thing. South Park, I get the jokes tangentially. Uh, we did have conversations about those movies. Yep, it happened. It did happen. And they are the lime wedge in the rocks class. A little bit more old school psychosemantic. It's like a Long Island iced tea. It's just got ten kinds of fucking booze in it and a lemon wedge. Keep track of how many you had because... Because you're going home in a body bag when Trixie rolls around. When the government does a little bit of a whoopsie doodle. Can't, I think we were talking about this earlier. We, well, you and I were definitely talking about this, but this whole episode, I don't know if we were talking about the bio experiments that uh, America started fucking with through Operation Paperclip. I don't know if I've really read up on that. Um, uh, I've heard of that, but I don't really know what that is. That's just when uh, World War II was over. All the countries split up the Nazi scientists. And they came into... In America, one of the more famous ones was in charge of the space program. Nah. <laughs> and uh, other doctors, some doctors were... It was. I just finished reading a book about it, and I, we were too far into this episode to go into it. But I mean, they were really trying hard to forgive a lot of Nazism, just to uh, get the better or more terrible, depending on how you look at it, scientists, and let the Soviet Union and other countries not get them. It's like we we do, we do, we don't want to hang you because we want to use your brain to do stuff for us and. We especially don't want our fucking enemies to get the brain knowledge that you got. And they, some of them ended up going from Operation Paperclip to the MK Ultra program. Now, okay, I know what that one is. 
both of these movies scare me a little bit more than yeah the the ghost movie or the zombie movie yeah the zombie movie because maybe until this this time frame it might have felt a little bit more disconnected but i i don't know about you but you know i've lived in a city where the national guard shows up and sets up things and i've 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 seen the riot police cornering people and uh throwing people into vans Uh, i've only only seen it in the moving pictures although i can completely understand why it's a fucking terrifying thought but it's not saying wear a mask and you can pretty much go anywhere no you can come and fucking care into me when they're rounding you up into the fucking camps that's that's when you have the right to bitch wearing a little piece of fabric not so much maybe you'll disagree with me but it's kind of like the real quick I've seen about 50 articles about cancel culture going wild because one movie theater canceled one screening of Kindergarten Cop. And it's in Portland where they've had like two months of secret government agents gassing people and breaking people's bones and throwing them in vans and stuff. Yeah. Can't imagine why they wouldn't want to see the word cop open the fucking marquee or go to that movie in particular. It's been a quite some time since I've seen the movie, but I'm pretty sure Detective John Kimball, oh, bringing it back to the beginning with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Arnold Fitness Classic yep. and the quarantining of Ohio, are here Governor DeWine's response to Trixie. It's like that, that uh, picture of a very well-drawn horse that turns into a stick figure, like somebody <laughs> gave up. You know, shit was locked down and everything, but then uh, the health department director started getting a bunch of death threats and people being outside her house. So she quit, and then uh, Governor DeWine's a Republican, and he kind of went all Republican, and he was just, these things are all very important, but I'm not going to tell you, you got to do them. Uh. He he just, I mean, uh, last week he did just sign a order that if you're going to be in a school kindergarten through all the way through high school you have to wear a mask unless you're i think it's like you actually have to have a doctor's note you can't just print out some dumb fucking thing saying that the ada protects you from having to wear a mask yeah (laughs) um but anyway if you haven't seen either of them definitely check out the first one first i bet there are some people yeah the people that really love the texas chainsaw massacre remakes like you brought up yeah they probably will really like the crazies 2010 it's super of its time it's got like a little bit of zombie movie a little bit of torture porn a little bit of apocalypse walking dead type of shit it's it's got all of that and honestly it's one of the better remakes i'd put it up there kind of with like the hills have eyes remake and like a couple of the other like better ones it's not i don't think it's nearly as good as the original but it's uh it's entertaining and it's it's a fun watch and um that's about all it really needs to be i guess but um yeah i I agree i would definitely recommend the first one more so but uh they're both on amazon prime right now i know the remake is on to be free with commercials and like you said, Arrow put out that really nice box. Set. I think you can still get those on Amazon for about 50 or 60 bucks. It comes with a really nice, I think, 2K scan 
of the crazies. There's always something, or there's always vanilla and season of the witch, which like I said, those two movies aren't super great, but like having a really nice copy of the crazies is worth it. So someday if you're really curious or you get invited to a podcast where you got to talk about George Romero stuff, it might be useful. But like, I felt really bad when I, when we went to record the cinema psyops episode about it, because I'm like, I don't feel like I have way a lot to say about this movie because it feels like George was trying to do some very extremely like feminist centric movies and it comes off as kind of clumsy and I felt equally clumsy trying to talk about these clumsy movies and they're just they're fucking weird little anomalies that like I think only George Romero completists would be remotely interested in. But uh, the crazies is where it's fucking at. If you are a fan of Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead, any of those, and you haven't seen the crazies, you should probably check it out. You had sort of talked about your doing the nasty episode or episodes. You have uh, anything you want to plug before I let you go finish off your whiskey? Um. Uh... There's that. The whiskey's long gone. I'm, I'm hitting the fucking other shit right now. But uh, uh, yeah, Doing the Nasty is the podcast where Duncan from Podcast Under the Stairs and I go through the... This is season two, so uh, if you go back on that feed, there's all of the episodes that Duncan did with Andy Blockley that examine the tier one and two lists of the video nasty. Like Those are the ones that like you could get arrested if you were selling them. Uh, this is season two and we're doing the tier three movies, which were like more of a suggestion. Like if you're confiscating VHS tapes from a, a video shop type of place, like you might want to grab these ones too, but it's not like something you can go to jail for, you know, renting out a copy of Friday the 13th part two or the last horror film with Joe Spinell or invasion of the blood farmers or fucking, well, uh, lots of uh, lots of variety. We just did an episode about Foxy Brown and Night Beast, which are two movies that could not possibly be more fucking different other than their video nasty status. So uh, that's been a lot of that's been a lot of fun to do. It's on the uh, Teapots Collective feed on SoundCloud. If you go search that or join the podcast under the stairs Facebook group or do the nasty has a group. I don't think anybody really posts in there too terribly much but uh if you follow t-butts it's in there too also um if you want to see more of my victory garden or pictures of my giant fucking action figure collection which has been one kind of alright thing this summer is a lot of really cool action figure stuff has come out uh like NECA's doing really great things with the teenage mutant ninja turtle line that have been equally frustrated and having a lot of fun trying to track all of those down uh, I've got lots of pictures and stuff about those on my Instagram and uh, lots of other fun nerd shit. That's fancy underscore Mark over there. I'm on letterbox. That's fancy Mark. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I guess if you want, I mostly yell at politicians and Donald Trump and people that I don't like, and then post about toy and garden shit kind of the same as Instagram. Also uh, that's the fan at, at the fancy Mark. So um yeah i guess about it i do like to ramble when i'm drinking the fucking whiskey you know you know this very well well that is why you are here and that is why we needed to catch up vote you fucking cocksuckers (laughs) vote registered vote run for something maybe don't go are people going out door to door for politicians this year is that a thing 
Well, the Republican Party is sending out a lot of people to knock on doors, but the Democratic Party, not so much. Green Party, Howie Hawkins, the, the guy, he, I think he's on the ballot in two-thirds of the states. Right. Uh, he is sending out people, but a little bit of a difference in the people that I've seen in that is they're all wearing masks, and it yeah. looks like they've got hand sanitizer clipped to their belts, and they're at least seeming to be doing the precautions that you're supposed to do if you're going to do stuff like that. Yeah, I almost maybe think this is the year that you should just like do as much of it online as you can to educate your friends and family about uh, political things going on that they should do that they should know about. Um, yeah, just do your part to convince somebody to vote the fucking right way and convince them that the way things are going right now is really fucking bad for a lot of people that they probably know. So, like, yeah, that's that's going to be my closing thing. Do your fucking part to fix this goddamn mess, because it's not up. It's it's not going to happen by the people that are in charge of us. It's going to need to be on a very community driven and grassroots driven kind of system uh, that we get control back of our fucking country from billionaires and scumbags of fucking secret police and shit like that. Like, it's. It's not going to happen on its own. People got to get up and fucking do shit. If you could do it from the comfort of your own home, which is totally safe. I mean, soldiers vote by mail. The president and the staff vote by mail or have voted by mail before. Some of them voted from inaccurate offices, even. They committed voter fraud. (laughs) I've seen some really dumb shit about vote by mail. But anyway... You get your tax checks, you get your credit cards, you get your birth certificates, you get your passports. All that shit goes through the mail. It has not been privatized yet, even though the Postmaster General seems to be trying to take it that way. But that is for when we cover Kevin Costner's The Postman. Oh, Jesus. Or something else. That is when we're talking about the mail. We've got to go. Watch out for Trixie. Wear a fucking mask. Your mask protects me. My mask protects you. Let's be a little bit more of a society, because what else is the point of society? It's not that big a deal. I, I would rather wear a mask than get rounded up into a fucking camp or shot by government goons. Flamethrowers and cattle cars. And you know? maybe we'll be back with something a little bit more cheerful next time to try to balance this nervous laughter out. <laughs> this is an angry one. Fuck yeah, man. Thank you again for being there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Watch out for Trixie. Watch out for uh, low-flying helicopters and... Roving government kill squads. The government kill squads that are going to put you into those FEMA camps that you've been hearing about. (laughs) Yep. Where you'll be subjected to death panels where everybody loses. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget to duck and cover, speaking of propaganda. Tend to your victory garden. If you vote for Trump, you vote for Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. Thank you, everybody, and thank you if you've made it this far. Let's go a little further.
This is Bo from legionpodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.